four words long. It was the shortest sermon I've ever heard. Our rector preached a sermon just four words long on the Feast of Immaculate Conception, a holy day of obligation. It is our national feast day because Our Lady of Immaculate Conception is a patroness of the United States of America. And yet he preached a sermon four words long and to top it off, it was in Latin. Yet, in spite of the fact that the sermon was only four words long and in Latin, still, it perfectly explained the essence of this feast. So what did he say? What were the four words? Potuit, decuit, ergo fecit. Potuit, decuit, ergo fecit. Okay, what, what does that mean? Potuit means he could. Decuit means he should. Ergo means therefore, and fetch it means he did. So what it means is God could, he should, and therefore he did. And then the rector was done. He's quoting a saying of a pupil of St. Anselm, a 12th century monk named Admer. God could, he should, therefore he did. What does it mean? To see what it means, we'll break down each of the terms. First, Paul would, he could. That means that God could have granted the singular grace of the Immaculate Conception of Our Lady. But we need to know what is that singular grace that He could have granted. Since God is all-powerful, He could have granted an absolutely unique favor and privilege to a child who was conceived in a natural manner by St. Joachim and St. Anne, a child named Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary. What is that absolutely unique favor and privilege that God could have granted? The privilege of being preserved, free from original sin, from all stain of sin, from the very first moment of her conception. The absolutely unique privilege of being immaculately conceived. And what does that mean? It means that unlike the rest of us, the Blessed Virgin didn't suffer from original sin, and also, unlike the rest of us, she was completely filled with sanctifying grace from the first moment of her conception. We might ask, isn't that also true of our Lord and St. John the Baptist and the prophet Jeremiah? Weren't they all immaculately conceived? No. Our Lord was virtually conceived. He had no human father. And St. John the Baptist and the prophet Jeremiah were both sanctified in their mother's wombs and born free from original sin, but they weren't conceived free from original sin. Now wait a minute. If the Blessed Virgin Mary was born free and conceived free from original sin, and she never ever committed any actual sins, doesn't that mean that she wouldn't need a Savior, since she's perfect? No, it doesn't mean that. Of course she needs a Savior. Her situation is very much like that of the Old Testament saints, like Jeremiah, or Isaiah, or Moses. They all needed to be saved. If they needed to be saved, that meant they needed a Savior. But as everyone knows, there's only one Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord. He's the only way to heaven, period, close the book. So they needed a Savior, but they lived before Christ our Lord. So if they lived before Christ our Lord, and there's no salvation outside Christ, how were they saved? They were saved by the anticipated merits of Jesus, which means that God, 
who stands outside of time, applied the grace that Christ won for us all in Calvary to Jeremiah and Isaiah and Moses and so forth beforehand. God's outside of time. He took that grace and applied it to him beforehand. Sort of a spiritual pain advance. Now what does that have to do with the Blessed Mother? Like the Old Testament saints, Our Lady was saved by the anticipated merits of Christ. And that's clearly referred to in the Collect and the Secret in today's Mass. You can check them in your Missal. She's totally preserved from sin at her Immaculate Conception. That's unlike every other human person who's ever been baptized or made it to heaven, with the exception of Adam and Eve, who were also immaculate when they first came into being, but blew it later on. But everyone else has been cleansed from original sin after their conception that's made it into heaven. Okay, so when we say potuit, he could. What we mean is that God is all-powerful, and therefore he could prevent Our Lady from being stained from, from original sin at the very first moment of her conception. What do we mean by dekwit, that he should? How can anyone even imagine for a second that God's mother would ever be the slave of a devil? As St. Bonaventure says, it's very fitting that the Blessed Mother, the Virgin Mary, by whom our shame was to be blotted out, and by whom the devil was to be conquered, should never, even for a moment, be under his dominion. So since Our Lady was meant to be the Mother of God, shouldn't God preserve her free from all, absolutely free from all sin? Yes, he should. St. Thomas teaches, quote, when God chooses anyone for a particular dignity, he gives that person the graces necessary for that task. And so God, having chosen Mary for his mother, he also, by his grace, rendered her worthy of this most highest of all dignities. Therefore, the Blessed Virgin never committed any actual sin, not even a venial sin. Otherwise, she would not have been a mother worthy of Jesus Christ, for the disgrace of the mother would also have been the disgrace of the son, since he would have had a sinner for his mother. Close quote, St. Thomas. St. Alphonsus, reflecting on this passage, adds that if a single venial sin, which does not cause the loss of sanctifying grace, if, as St. Thomas teaches, a single venial sin would have rendered a woman unworthy of being the mother of God, how much more unworthy would the woman have been if she had had original sin, which makes her an enemy of God and a slave of the devil? St. Peter Damien observes that the incarnate word shows himself a mother of whom he would not have to be ashamed. Now that's three doctors of the church, St. Thomas, St. Alphonsus, St. Peter Damien, and we could keep on quoting, but we can see the point. So when we say dequit, what we mean is that since the Blessed Virgin Mary is a favorite daughter of God the Father, the most beloved spouse of God the Holy Ghost, and especially since she's the mother of God the Son, it's only fitting. It's only reasonable, it's only to be expected that God would create her immaculate and preserve her free from sin throughout her life. That makes the rest of the saying pretty apparent. Ergo fetch it, therefore he did it. What we mean is that since God could create Our Lady spotless from the first moment of her conception, and since he should do so, therefore he did. 
Just listen to how Blessed Pius IX, in his bull, proclaiming the dogma of the Immaculate Conception on December 8, 1854, explains this. We'll look at the first paragraph, and then it is infallible psalm definition of the dogma. From the very beginning, and before time began, the Eternal Father chose and prepared for His only begotten Son a mother, and whom the Son of God would become incarnate, and from who, in the blessed fullness of time, would be born into this world. Above all creatures did God so love her that, that truly in her was the Father singularly pleased. Therefore, far above all the angels and all the saints, so wondrously did God endow her with the abundance of all heavenly gifts poured forth from the treasury of His divinity, that this mother, ever absolutely free of all stain of sin, all fair and perfect, would possess that fullness of holy innocence and sanctity than which under God one cannot even imagine anything greater, and which outside of God no mind can succeed in comprehending fully. Now think about what the Pope just said there. The Pope is telling us that the Blessed Virgin's holiness is so great that besides God we cannot even imagine anything greater. And her holiness is so great that besides God, no mind can fully comprehend it. Now here's his psalm definition. Wherefore, in humility and fasting, we unceasingly offered our private prayers, as well as the public prayers of the Church to God the Father through His Son, that He would deign to direct and strengthen our mind by the power of the Holy Spirit. In like manner, we did implore the help of the entirely heavenly host, as we ardently invoked the paraclete. Accordingly, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, for the honor of the Holy and Undivided Trinity, for the glory and adornment of the Virgin Mother of God, for the exaltation of the Catholic faith, and for the furtherance of the Catholic religion, by the authority of Jesus Christ our Lord, of the blessed apostles Peter and Paul, and by our own. We declare, pronounce, and define that the doctrine which holds that the most blessed Virgin Mary, in the first instance of her conception, by a singular grace and privilege granted by Almighty God, in view of the merits of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the human race, was preserved, free from all stain of original sin. This is a doctrine revealed by God, and therefore to be believed firmly and constantly by all the faithful. Hence, if anyone shall dare, God forbid, to think otherwise than has been defined by us, let him know and understand that he is condemned by his own judgment, that he has suffered shipwreck in the faith, that he has separated himself from the unity of the church, and that furthermore, by his own action, he incurs the penalties established by law, if he should dare to express in words or in writing or by any other outward means the errors he may think in his heart. Now let's listen to how Blessed Pius IX, after defining the dogma, so beautifully closes this papal bull. Quote, Our hope do we repose in the Most Blessed Virgin, in the all-fair and immaculate one, who has crushed the poisonous head of the most cruel serpent and brought salvation to the world. In her who is the glory of the prophets and the apostles, the honor of the martyrs, the crown and joy of all the saints, in her who is the safest refuge, the most trustworthy helper of all who is in danger, in her who with her only begotten Son is the most powerful mediatrix and conciliatrix in the whole world, in her who is the most excellent glory, ornament, and impregnable stronghold of the Holy Church, 
in her who has destroyed all heresies and snatched the faithful people and nations from all kinds of direst calamities. In her do we hope, who has delivered us from so many threatening dangers. We have, therefore, a very certain hope and complete confidence that the Most Blessed Virgin will ensure by our most powerful patronage that all difficulties be removed and all errors dissipated so that our Holy Mother, the Catholic Church, may flourish daily more and more throughout all the nations and countries and may reign from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth and may enjoy genuine peace, tranquility, and liberty. We are firm in our confidence that she will obtain pardon for the sinner, health for the sick, strength of heart for the weak, consolation for the afflicted, help for those who are in danger, that she will remove spiritual blindness from all who are in error, so that they may return to the path of truth and justice, and here there may be one flock and one shepherd. Let all the children of the Catholic Church, who are so very dear to us, hear these words of ours. With still more ardent zeal for piety, religion, and love, Continue, let them continue to venerate, invoke, and pray to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, conceived without original sin. Let them fly with utter confidence to this most sweet Mother of mercy and grace in all dangers, difficulties, needs, doubts, and fears. Under her guidance, under her patronage, under her kindness and protection, nothing is to be feared. Nothing is hopeless. Because while bearing towards us a truly motherly affection and having in her care the work of our salvation, she is solicitous throughout the whole human race. And since she has been appointed by God to be the queen of heaven and earth and is exalted above all the choirs of angels and saints and even stands at the right hand of her only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, she presents our petitions in a most efficacious manner. What she asks, she obtains. Her pleas can never be unheard. Given at St. Peter's in Rome, the 8th day of December, 1854, Pius IX. He could, he should, therefore he did. Potuit, dequit, ergo fetching.